0: Hey everyone, this will be episode 5 of the Mock Trial Flight School. Welcome back. In this episode, we're going to take off from where we left off last time when we were talking about what is the job of a good witness. And we went through all the details of what you as a witness are expected to accomplish We talked about filling in for the attorney and helping them out. We talked about personifying who you are as a witness. That's probably job number one. Uh, We talked about supplying facts from the case and filling in, as I mentioned, for the attorney and helping the attorney to prepare for objections. Taking off from that, I want to help you to prepare that witness and that job that you're supposed to do. So I'm going to give you one, two, three, four, five, six, seven steps to preparation in your job as a witness so that you'll know how to go about getting ready so that you can do that job. Step number seven is going to be just one method for getting into character. Okay. Okay. So let's get started with job number one and preparing to be a witness. And that is, as I've said time and time again, work with your attorney. Good mock trial means working together. It means having lots of meetings in which you discuss strategy, practice questions, and go over the details. So that's rule number one, and that is the rule that's probably violated by weak teams most often. So work with your attorneys. Frankly, if you're meeting often and you're working with each other, the rest will all come. Step two, or second idea on how you can prepare to be the witness character, and that is to read and memorize the witness statement. What I want to emphasize here is the word memorize. Not because you're going to recite any particular passage from your witness statement, but because when you're performing your character, you need to be able to pull from each and every possible detail that you have in your arsenal. And you can't do that if you have not memorized every bit of your character. By doing that, then you're going to be able to dig deep in practice and come up with ways in which you can creatively personify your witness in the way most favorable for your side and avoid being impeached or avoid exaggerating, avoid going outside of the bounds of your statement because you will be able to pull things together that are reasonable and within the scope of that statement. So that's why... I want you to think more deeply about this idea of what does it really mean to memorize the witness statement, to really get into character. Remember, as a witness, at most you probably have two witness roles and probably you're not preparing to be an attorney. If that's your case, if you're just preparing to be one or two witnesses, then you have one key job to do, and that is to know who you are, and everything about yourself. So that was number two. Number three, read and memorize the stipulations. Because if you are on the witness stand and you're testifying and you happen to get a question that's not quite within the scope of your witness statement but is within the scope of the stipulations, then the other side's going to be hard-pressed to say that it's not reasonable that you would have knowledge of those facts. And they may just support you in a way under the specific circumstances you're in on the stand that turns what could be something unfavorable into something that's less hurtful towards your case or even helpful. Remember, those stipulations are binding as facts. And so if you happen to use them, that may be to your advantage. So using the testimony when they're advantageous to you. And remember that your attorney can argue that if they're in the stipulations, then you as a witness should have reasonable knowledge of those facts. That's a step that a lot of witnesses in preparing skip over and leave up to the, the, the attorneys. But if you don't have that information in your arsenal in the back of your mind and down in your gut to pull up, then it's not going to be available to you. And your attorney can't feed it to you on direct examination, and so you're going to be without. So read and memorize the stipulations. That was number three. Number four. Number four tip. Study the exhibits. Just like with the stipulations, this is something that the witnesses tend to leave for the attorneys to do. But again, if you don't have those, that information from the exhibits, down in the core of your knowledge to where you can pull them up and use them at the moment when you're under pressure, you've been asked a question that's tripping you up, then you're not going to have that in your reservoir. So study those exhibits. You may testify to exhibits as facts if you as the witness would have reasonable knowledge of the exhibit. So if you are going to leave out exhibits, leave out the ones that it would not be reasonable for you to have any knowledge of. But if it if there's a connection between yourself as the witness and your statement and the exhibit or even between possibly other witness statements that link you to the exhibit then study those and find the ways in which you may reasonably use them advantageously in your testimony you never know when it might be that exhibit that helps you turn something negative into a positive and That will greatly impress the judges as well as greatly help your attorney under the circumstances. All right, the fifth tip I have for preparing to be the witness as a character is to study the other witness statements. I just alluded to that a bit when I was talking about the exhibits. You never know where there might be connections there that help you out. By studying the witness statements, you may find facts that you may testify to that are in those other witness statements, but there are connections within them that help provide a basis for you to have reasonable knowledge of those facts. If your attorney can make the argument, when it's subjected to as an unfair extrapolation, that there's a reasonable basis there for you to have knowledge, then it's not unfair. That's where that word reasonable comes in. It's going to be possibly something that the, the court has to weigh, but you are going to impress by having worked with your attorney to prepare for that and to be able to show that you have thought in advance about what is reasonable under the circumstances and especially if it's advantageous. And that's the second aspect of the studying of other witness statements that you may find testimony in there that's advantageous to your side that otherwise uh, didn't stand out in the same way that it does when you connect all of the dots together. So study those other witness statements as well and take some time to actually meet with and strategize with those other witnesses if you do find anything connective there as far as the tissue because it may be that working together on the witness stand in your testimony that those connections become even more reasonable and that knowledge can be entered into evidence in a way that is even better for the attorney to be able to use in their closing arguments to connect the dots and to prove your case and to present that to the figurative jury in the mock trial case. And by doing that, your scores amp up even more. You are not bound by, and just a note, you are not bound by the other witnesses' statements, of course. You're only bound by your own. So if there's are... If there's information that you do not want entered from those other witness statements, you, you don't necessarily have to acknowledge those things. You can say you don't know or th- that you're not familiar with those facts. So this could work both for you and potentially against you in a way that you want to have plausible denial if there are facts in those other witness statements that want to make that you're not aware of. And so it's going to be to your advantage to know them. It's also good for you to know other witness statements because those statements may contradict what's in your witness statement. And if you know that in advance, then you may be able to explain more thoroughly when cross-examined on those types of questions, why your version of events is more convincing and what the motives are to make the other version less believable. And if you can throw those sorts of nuggets into your testimony, then you're going to be an even better witness, and you will be very persuasive to the judge. So think strategically when looking at your witness statement and other witness statements and comparing and contrasting those. And that strategy can then go into the case theory and the theme and how everything works together as you're doing that. And this leads me to my last point about studying the witness statements is this is one of those things that you definitely want to spend some time working with your attorney and the other team members on studying and and doing. The next tip I have and this is number 6 is to analyze the witness statements. Now, mainly I'm talking about your witness statement here, but of course this also falls under analyzing other witness statements, analyzing exhibits, analyzing the stipulations. And what you're analyzing for are those good facts and those bad facts. And this is where you're preparing to present your strongest case and your strongest case theory with the key facts that support that case theory and pull all of those out. And then you're trying to mitigate the impact of bad facts. And you can't do that if you haven't done the analysis and prepared in advance to cover those things. So analyze good facts, bad facts. You know, we always start with a list as, or a highlight uh, in colors on the witness statement. Either way, it's fine. And keep in mind that some facts are going to be both good and bad depending on how you spin them and what your case theory is. That's why it's so important to develop a sound case theory early on, because if you don't, then it could be that You end up thinking you have good facts, but they actually contradict your case theory or work against you in the long run. So prepare a good case theory and do your analysis. You're going to have to analyze more than once. You're going to need to analyze at the beginning when you're developing a case theory, and then you need to go back and analyze some more after you have your case theory for the reasons that I've discussed just before that your best facts may change according to your case theory. And the facts that work before against you may also change where something that was a bad fact is a good fact or something that was a good fact actually starts to create problems because of weaknesses and contradictions and the way those facts line up. So do this uh, before you finalize how you're going to get into character and what your character will most want to focus on as far as personification. Okay, last week we talked a lot about the job of the witness, and we talked a whole great deal about getting into character and what that meant and how to go about doing it. So I want to give you, as my seventh tip, a way to plan for getting into character. And the first thing I want to suggest to you is that you and a couple other team members talk about your character and then do some brainstorming about what are the key characteristics of this person that you're going to be playing the role of list everything you come up with at first uh, you could use a technique I call a mind map where you have a center circle and then from that word you splinter off into multiple connected circles and then each of those circles then have additional connecting circles maybe you put the character name you know John Doe in the center you note that John Doe gets angry easily in another circle connected to John Doe. And then by angers easily, you note that in a circle connected to the angry circle, that when John Doe gets angry, he tends to have a nervous tick where he pats his hand on the table. Okay, so you may decide in personifying that character on the witness stand that you want to use that nervous tick as a way of, characterizing that person and really exhibiting uh, acting in a way that is very compelling and convincing and seems as though you really are that person. And so that's an example of how the brainstorming kind of leads you down the tunnel to these different ideas. Okay, so once you're done with your brainstorming, I want you to work together to pick out the characteristics that are best for this person in view of the case theory. Highlight two to four characteristics. You don't want too many because if your character is too complex, you're not going to be able to successfully put yourself into that character's persona. Identify three or four. Then write one sentence. This is step three on this tip number seven here. Write one sentence that summarizes that character using those two to four characteristics that you have identified as you want that character to be remember we're doing all this in view of the case theory again write that sentence now this is something that your attorneys and others on your team can hold you accountable to you are a person with these characteristics so when you're on that witness stand you start trying to be those characteristics when you're not give permission to your attorneys and the others on your team to hold you accountable at rehearsal As they do that, you will start to push yourself to become more and more like that witness and the persona that you have assigned to that witness. So that's my tip for, uh, that's my seventh tip, and that's my tip for getting into character and just one technique by which you might be able to do that. It takes a little critical thinking. It takes some brainstorming and some thought, but once you do it, those characteristics will all fit together in a way that permits you to spin things favorably, permits you to really stand out as a witness. They, those things can be gauged in a way that they will fit you as a person so that you're successful in playing that witness role because you will have brainstormed your way through that and analyzed it with others on your team to make sure that it works. And you'll be awesome. Uh, you will be more than just your average bearer of a witness. So what did we cover today? In this episode, we've talked about what your job is as a witness and going back and thinking about how do you actually prepare for that. We gave you seven tips. Work with your attorney. Read and memorize your witness statement. Read and memorize your, the stipulations that are in the packet of materials. Read and study the exhibits. Have knowledge of those things that you would reasonably as a witness have knowledge of so that you can refer to them in your testimony if advantageous. Study other witness statements. Be able to connect to the information you may have reasonable knowledge of that's in other witness statements so that you can use that to your advantage if necessary and Identify in advance ways that your testimony contradicts so that you can try to mitigate any damage that other witnesses might do to you. Think very strategically about that and, again, work with your attorney. Next, analyze good facts, bad facts. Develop your case theory. De- analyze before and analyze after that case theory is developed. Lastly, get into character and take the time to do some brainstorming, analyze, analyze, And create a picture in one or two sentences of who it is you want to be as a mock trial witness. Thank you for listening. We'll be back very soon.